Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 9th of August 2010. At the start of the show I usually do the same old thing by referring newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website where you'll find hundreds of audios for download that I've put up there over the years trying to explain the bigger picture which is outside the national picture or local picture to show you how the world is really just one big monopolization of powers by a single power and how it was set up to be that way an awful long time ago uh, before you were a gleam in your daddy's eye. And same for your parents too and how we're actually on course with the agenda that was set out an awful long time ago and most people are still wrapped up in a nationalistic uh, navel-gazing uh, while they miss what's happening globally because all these big treaties that are signed globally affect you. Uh, they're binding treaties, and most folk don't even know that a good chunk of all their taxes that they pay back ends up going back to the United Nations or to different countries for different agendas. So go into that uh, website, bookmark the other sites I've got listed there, and if you find sticking on download, try these alternate sites. If you want transcripts, you find them in all the sites in English. If you want transcripts in other languages, look into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu. And remember, too, that I, I'm not on here uh, sort of um, by bartering my goods to other people around me locally. I depend on you, the listener, to support me. It's either that or bring on advertisers and, and bring you hype and fear and then a big sale at the end of it. That's how generally it works with uh, this kind of broadcasting. So you must support me. The money you hear from the ads on this show go from the advertisers to RBN. I never spoken to any advertisers at all, and that pays for airtime and for their staff and equipment and their bills. So you help me with mine, and you'll find out how to buy the books I have for sale, the discs I have for sale, and you can donate as well by going into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And remember, too, you can use PayPal for donations or for purchasing just in a separate email with your order name, address, and I'll get it out with you uh, to you if you send in the separate PayPal donation. Same across the rest of the world. From the U.S. too, remember, you can send a personal check to Canada. That's accepted. And you can also use an international postal money order from your post office if you wish to. Uh, and that's guaranteed to be uh, returned if it was to get lost. You can always get your cash back. And nothing's ever got lost so far, as I know. Uh, it's been pretty good with the mail. They're awfully good to inspect everything and pass it on. Now, across the rest of the world, you can use MoneyGram. You can use Western Union. You can also send cash or use PayPal again for donation or for purchasing. Remember, separate email along with the PayPal donation, a separate email with your name and address and the order, and I'll get that out to you. And that's the only way it keeps going. I try to keep you focused here. Uh, rather than give you a scattergun approach to what's happening. Like every day I could tell you a hundred things to be terrified of, but what's the point? Because 
number one, uh, you find most of these big things that are happening in the world, you have no control over in the first place. Number two, you don't even know the names of the organizations that are running your own country, and they have been for a long time. We see we're long, long post-democratic, and any idea of a republic in the U.S. has been trashed long ago. Uh, writers within the Council on Foreign Relations magazine for the Council on Foreign Relations themselves have said that they would not do um, a head-to-head with the Constitution of the U.S. They would simply do an end run around it. And that has been done for many, many years, and now it's basically ignored. Unless it's handy for them to use for something at a particular time, they won't allow the rest of the public to use it. And that's the same for the rest of the world. Um, the United other countries, the United the North American Union next. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, we can allow ourselves to get paralyzed with fear, and really. Uh, I keep referring to that article I read a long time ago, I've repeated many times since, that uh, the big boys at the top put out themselves about information and information overload. And they also mentioned that most people cannot uh, discern what information really is. They they lump it all together and they they can't critically analyze it. They can't see what to discard. They, They can't see what to actually use for any particular purpose and they end up with this um, it's like being attacked by hornets if you're being attacked by hornets or wasps you hit the nest with your head the next thing you know they're coming at you from all directions that's kind of like the way people react to information overload and sure as can be no matter what direction you turn in you're going to find 150, 200 NGO groups backed by foundations doing things with your countries, and, and so we're all post-national now, long, long post-national, but doing things with your countries that you don't even know about, you haven't even heard of these organizations before. And it's been like that since World War II, since they basically signed up the agreements onto the United Nations uh, in collusion with the big foundations uh, to bring in a type of society with depopulation and down to the proper populations, they call it, and they would use different techniques all working together. Uh, some of them would be run through national countries. Others ones would bypass the national countries by for- forming a form of parallel government, the kind of thing that Carl Quigley talks about with the, the Rhodes Foundation, the Milner Foundation, which ended up with the, as a CFR in most countries, and in Britain it's called the Royal Institute for International Affairs. And they also own the European um, Institute for International Affairs. Everybody in the, the high chutzpahs at the, at the United Parliaments, this strange entity, it's not a country in Brussels, this little entity, uh, this United Nations have sat there really, uh, that's now the super parliament over the whole of Europe. Uh, it was unelected basically. And, it, and it's, it's a strange phenomenon. As I say, it's not a, it's not a country as such. It's not the builder of an empire through conquest. It's a, just a building, a massive building set up uh, with a string of sub-buildings around it, lots of bureaucrats, and uh, this sort of uh, shadow bunch at the top, but we don't even know their names that make all the policies. But it's not democratic, and they admit that. 
And they have to do the same again with the North American Union in two different ways. If the people won't go for it, if there's too much opposition within the U.S., they simply do the Anglo deal again, where they start binding you through uh, pan-European agreements and bind you closer to the, to the European model. Canada's already doing it, and so is the U.S. as well. Uh, but they also have the NAFTA deal uh, and the unification of America is going underway all the time without a peep in the paper about it. Not a single peep. In fact, this is the year where the last agreement was to be made publicly, uh, signed at least, uh, and um, for total integration for the Americas. The first one was in 2005, the first open public one that they did. And I don't know if they'll even mention it this year. But we're run by, as I say, different powers. We're, we've been dumbed down physically. Our minds, our brains have been attacked, there's no doubt about it. IQ has plummeted. Um, and there's many other techniques being used, psychological techniques on the general population, even with scientific indoctrination at school. As, as was decided 70 years ago, they would do It's actually happened. It's very effective indeed. And it's a global indoctrination now through UNESCO and then handed out to the rest of the countries to implement same techniques. That way you can meet someone across the globe in another country, discuss most of the topics you've been brainwashed with and you'll all agree with each other because you've had the same indoctrination. It's not difficult to understand. And now the next part is simply to bring all the people in the collapsed countries of the West into uh, almost a third world status, not much better than some countries that we presently class as third world. It's so amazing as we pay off the, the bankers or banksters who robbed us all, on cue, mind you, it was time to do it, and then get bailed out by, again, your tax money that was borrowed from the World Bank to put you on the tab as a guarantor. Uh, that was all done on cue, but it's not enough, you see. Now they must really push home for all the rest of it, and that's, that's to the, what they call de- devolution of centralization. It was a plan, a technique that was even discussed about in the early communist days when they talked about the withering away of the state. And what they do is sign you under a super parliament elsewhere. It could be in, it could be in the moon. There wouldn't make any difference. As long as it's not, it's not a country as such, it's a, it's a thing, it's an organization. So you sign away your sovereignty to them through binding agreements. They then denationalize you. Uh, they then become responsible for sole tax collection along the way and redistribution of wealth within those various countries and with other power blocks which they form at the same time. And then they start to break down your local areas and, and uh, city regions and even name regions into regions altogether and just call them regions with numbers. And that's the withering away of the state. That's already happening in Britain, by the way. And now they're, they're, they're bringing it down to commutarianism, where you're now in your local community. Uh, they, they never talk about the fact that your little local community is going to get put, stuck with a tab for all the money that they will claim when they work out by computer, which I'm sure they've done, uh, for the national debt, you see. So you'll still be paying the central boys all the cash, which they'll fork over to the bankers and the, the European Parliament. And uh, then you, our, our electives from your area, will then go to the EU cap in hand for your dole out of cash to build this and get a school going or get a hospital going. That's the whole idea of the devolution of the state. It's, it's just a worse system uh, than the one you've already been through. And it's even worse because there's no one to complain to. 
Really, there's no one to complain to. You're dealing almost with a ghost, this, this, this strange body that's over the water somewhere with people talking all different languages who, who have no interest in your little neck of the woods. That's why, you see, the American constitutional idea was far better where the state protected the state. And all the communities within the state were protected by the state. And centralization was frowned upon, in fact. But it's been turned upside down, and it's been turned 180 degrees, in fact. And now the feds have total centralization. But they will put in devolution of uh, sovereignty once you've completely brought you down to almost third world status. I'm not kidding about that. That is the agenda. You know, I watched an article, uh, little program put out about Britain uh, and then put on these little dog and pony shows in Britain. Same formula since I was a child, in fact, with uh, some famous person. Uh, I think it was Frost who's been on the go since, uh, I don't know, he must be 180 years old by now. And then they've got the, the ex-MPs from the previous party that was running the country or supposedly running the country and the new guys and they slang each other and stuff like that and it's a nice little wrestling match and you can boo one and, and, and applaud the other depends on which way you want to go and I watched them play the audience an audience has been kept dumb with the most minimal education possible uh, who've been given very good Tavistock indoctrination through their televisions series till, till their culture's utterly kaput, it's finished, and it's a, it can't even survive as, as a people or a culture. And in no time at all, they had the people arguing about should Muslim women in Britain wear the burqa or not. Uh, literally, from a country that, that smashed in an economical depression, where the health service has been ripped to the bone and lots more cuts to come, they can divert you from any meaningful discussion to should women wear the burqa, the burqa or not. That's how easily they can play people. No one asked what is money, why is Britain even borrowing money in the first place, why was it ever borrowing money in the first place? And uh, who's, who's responsible for all this borrowed money? And shouldn't it be all the big corporations of war that benefited from, from it? Because that's where most of the money ended up going. Not on the public. But no, they don't go into that. They just divert you off into ethnic strife. And leave you with nothing at the end. And even get the public themselves to, to start involving themselves in talking about their community. They're already trained into it. You, you get trained into things without even realizing you're being trained into things that are established by people uh, from Oxford and Eton and all the rest of it. The same old big players that you'll never, ever meet in your lifetime. Played like, you know, violins, that's how they are. Played like violins. But it's the same elsewhere, too. And here's an article here about, for instance, your health care. And this article is, is from ACS blog. It's called July the 2nd. And it says here, now, what is this This blog? It's the American Constitution Society. It sounds awfully nice, the American Constitution Society, which is actually a communistic society, because they welcome all the communistic societies since the big bankers set them up in the first place for the long-term goal of amalgamation with the world. Anyway, it says, donations to global health have quadrupled over the last two decades, 
from 5.6 billion in 1990 to 21.8 billion in 2007. Even with the financial crisis, global health budgets have not been significantly reduced. President Obama's Global Health Initiative pledged to invest $63 billion over six years, and his 2011 budget increases PEPFAR funding, P-E-P-F-A-R funding, 2%. You see, this is for money to create health care across the world, but nothing in America, you see. Now, why, when you're getting slashed to the bone, and I've already read the RAND report that the government has in the U.S. for the minimalistic health care they're going to get, are they given billions across the world for health care? Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, just talking about how much the countries that are all going down, you see, are paying out to foreign countries for their health care. And it's it's staggering. As they borrow money from the World Bank, these, these countries borrow money from the World Bank to give out to other countries and put the taxpayers back home on the tab for paying it off. And yet you hear nothing about this. You're, you're, it's never mentioned. You'll notice nothing is ever mentioned during election time about these kind of deals, international deals, the United Nations and so on. Nothing's ever mentioned about any of it or the unification of the Americas or anything else. It's, it's basically pensions, jobs and so on, which means you're a socialist country. When you start asking your government for jobs, you're already really arguing. Two, two sides are arguing socialism. That's what you've got. Exactly what Quigley said would happen. That was the intention. But it says here that uh, despite the spending all this cash and all these grants abroad and so on, unprecedented levels of funding, the future of global health is demoralizing. While this level of funding may appear generous, it pales in comparison uh, to the annual $1.5 trillion spent globally on military expenditures and the $265 billion spent on agricultural subsidies. Almost all of the OECD countries, the OECD countries, by the way, are all the countries uh, that that, uh, we signed on to assist at the end of World War II. We're still giving them all this cash. Every nation in the West has a Department of Economic Development for Overseas. That's who deals with all of this. But they've not come to close to keeping their promise of devoting 7%, 0.7% of GDP to development assistance, and the U.S. is near the bottom of the list. So here they are bitching and complaining that the U.S. isn't doling out enough in the taxpayers' money. The taxpayers who've lost their homes, they're paying off bankers and all the rest of it, uh, and they're paying bankers to keep their lavish lifestyles and their companies, uh, who, who are getting lambasted for not paying enough out to overseas to help the other countries who are emerging nations. Amazing, eh? Now, I'll put these links up to the ones I mentioned at the end of the show on cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Remember that so you can, you can go in and see it for yourself. But um, it's just astonishing to, to, to see what's really, really happening in the world and was bringing it all about. For instance, here's another article, article here by ICLEI. 
And it says, um, invasive UN treaty in 600 American cities. And a treaty, you see. It's bypassed the feds altogether. And it says here, uh, August 9th, 2010, there are over 600 U.S. cities that are members of the ICLEI, the International Council for Local Environmental Initiatives, now known as Local Governments for Sustainability. Did you know that, you, did you elect any of these kind? No, they're all on the board, so of all your councils. The ICLEI institutes the UN Convention on Biological Diversity, Treaty that was uh, withdrawn from a vote on the Senate floor in 1994, so the treaty designed for UN control is being implemented in cities instead. Last week I read an article too about how the international group of mayors are in on this, and that's what they do. They just bypass the national level and go right to the mayor, right to the head of your of your particular state. And it says here's a description of the program from ICLI's own website. International goals are our goals and projects promote participatory long-term strategic planning processes that address local sustainability while protecting global common goods. Remember that slogan they taught you years ago? It was everywhere until people start parting it themselves. Um, uh, think, act local, think global. Remember that? Remember that one? That's what it was all about. But it was all PR departments that came up with that, the United Nations. This approach links local action to international agreed-upon goals and targets such as Agenda 21. That's Agenda for the 21st Century. The Rio Conventions, the UN Framework of Convention on Climate Change, the UN Convention on Biological Diversity. The ICLEI has many carbon reduction schemes that seem harmless, but... ICLEI uses small steps to accomplish its goals. Last week, Colorado uh, gubernatorial candidate Dan Mays warned the ICLEI is a United Nations plot for control at a, a rally in Denver, which is an ICLEI city. They run your council. It made international headlines, and some people scoff because Mays uses the bicycling program as an example. ICLEI does, does have programs to limit transportation. May's opponent in the governor's race is John Hickenlooper. Where'd they get these names? Hickenlooper, the mayor of Denver. And he is a cool mayor. They call it cool mayors. What that means in United Nations terminology is a facet of ICLEI program used to execute CO2 reduction. He's all for CO reduction, so he's a cool mayor. Hickenlooper is a supporter of CO2 reduction and encourages depopulation as well. So he's right in there, you see. Now it shows you a, a, a video from a, a 350.org climate change rally in Denver less than a year ago where the NOAA Sciences, you know, that's the National Organization for Oceans and so on, uh, advocate doing whatever we can to reduce the population. And you'll hear the crowd cheering when they say that, to reduce population. The crowd actually cheers. You know, you, you can get the cattle to do anything. I'm, I'm sorry to say it, folks. But I've seen this happen in other countries long before it's hit here. And I've seen what's left of those countries. And they can. They can make the cattle clap their, their hoofs together, jump for joy when they're told bad news. Whatever they want through scientific indoctrination, it works very well. And believe you me, people in North America are not resistant to this technique. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. This is Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix. And, you know, you have to eventually give up with lots of the public when you see how they are, especially in large groups, and how dumbed down they really have been. And you realize you're looking at the casualties of war. And I mean mental casualties. Their brain literally has been attacked, not just psychologically, but by other techniques as well. And they can't put two and two together about anything. They become what their masters want them to be because they're very easy to condition now that they're dumbed down. And they can't think outside the box. Remember what they said at the top, too. They could destroy parts of the brain that give them the survival capabilities. Once that's destroyed, then it's world peace. And certainly they are peaceful now. They accept anything. Um, and, but they said, they said too, that uh, the state will be making all their decisions for them. Well, that's happening. Because the things that have happened in Britain over 40, 50 years should have had, should have caused 50 different revolutions in a, in a public w- with brains intact. Something happened to them physically to stop it from happening. And now they can't figure anything out. They're very docile. They're, they're easily managed. And as I say, the BBC can get them into little debates and get them all hot and bothered about burkas, but uh, never mind the national debt, why it was caused, how come the banks have been rewarded for bankrupting the country, and number one, why does the country have this debt in the first place? Why not just tear it up since none of the public agreed to it? Hmm? And they're going along with the little communitarian idea because they don't know what else to do. Not knowing the common purpose in Chatham House have set up many organizations, uh, including common purpose itself, from Chatham, Chatham House to work in this European society of devolution where you're just a little uh, area and in Europe, no more country, you see. You don't, they don't even know that they have no country left yet. Here's an article here. It ties in again with giving the money away across the world. And you're to understand... You're now in a world situation. Forget about demanding good health care from your countries. That is over. It's in their own writings at Chatham House for the Royal Institute for International Affairs. These are the guys who also oversee the OECD, that last bunch I just mentioned. These are the guys who set up the United Nations as it is at present. The people think it's an actual communist organization. The Chatham House was set up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the Milner Group that were international bankers. They were the guys who lend the cash right directly to governments. And they also lend to private banks as well, the ones that you go to and stand there with the teller. But otherwise, these guys have no teller outputs whatsoever. You go them cap in hand to their family mansions, and that's where the deals are made. Anyway, Chatham House, which is the Royal Institute for International Affairs, which also runs the European Union now, because everybody at the top has got to be a member of it. They must be, just like every top politician in the U.S. must be a Council on Foreign Relations member, which is the American branch of the same group. And here it is, it says here, basic survival needs. This is from their own website. Reframing the approach to global health requires global health, understand, that includes you folks as they're taking away your old health industry. Global health requires a shift in national and international health funding 
and activities in the direction of basic survival needs. Now, that's all from, they're actually taking that, they're not saying it here, but I've read it. They're taking that from the Charter of the United Nations. Basic survival needs. That's all you're going to get as a healthcare system. This is a traditional public health strategy essential to maintaining and restoring human capability and functioning. These needs include sanitation and sewage, pest control, clean air, possible water, diet and nutrition. Now here's what it says about diet and nutrition. Neither under nor over nutrition. So they're going to decide how much you eat, you see. How would they do that? By deciding how much is given to your local commune. That's why. That's why they can do that. That's how they're going to do that. Because the the United Nations Department of Agriculture eventually is to be responsible for for dishing out the quotes of food for your your little commune. And you can maybe maybe you can eat when you're really hungry, your local common purpose leader, the one they'll send in to lead you and tell you what to do if you want some protein. Anyway, it says you're neither under nor over nutrition and tobacco and alcohol reduction. This type of agreement, similar to other international agreements. Now listen to this, it sounds so simple, but folk don't think these days they can't. This type of agreement, similar to other international agreements, these are agreements, right? Would institutionalize the social contract. Institutionalize. Institutes do it. You know, the big foundations. Institutionalize the social contract that makes it part of common law. A type of global social health insurance in which all states... State, work together towards a common goal. A treaty such as a framework convention on global health requires a broad global consensus. We are embarking on a joint learning initiative for national and global responsibilities for health to seek international consensus around broad health arrangements to meet the needs of the world's least healthy people and close health gaps between rich and poor. It will lead to an overarching, coherent framework for shared national and global responsibilities for health and concrete strategies for global health beyond the MDGs, it says here. Now, I'll put these links up, remember, too, from Chatham House myself at the end of the night and cutting through the matrix.com. There's also a Chatham House PDF here. Read it because it also talks about the billions that the U.S., Britain, and elsewhere is giving to emerging nations. Now, guess who emerging nations are? These are the ones that Brzezinski and others talked about in Kissinger that would be coming up in the 21st century. Why? Because the bankers would put their money in there to bring them up. That's the only reason countries come up. That's what they did with China, by the way. Well, China and India and Brazil and other countries are all part of the emerging nations. They have more trillionaires created every month in China than have been done in the whole history of the planet. But they're still classed as needing aid for their health care from the U.S., as the U.S. is slashing theirs and as Britain has hardly any left to slash, although they're still slashing. And India, too, is getting billions off you every year in tax money. But you can't get schools and you can't get hospitals. Now, don't worry. See, you're, you've got to share the pain across the world, folks. Share the pain. And you think you're still going to get someone into politics that's going to change it. Hmm? If you got someone into politics that would change it, they would need one of these force fields that you saw in Star Trek to stop the assassinations from killing them. I'm not kidding. That ain't going to happen. 
You got to get out of this voting idea. This lone ranger, just vote in the lone ranger or Clint Eastwood and he'll clean up the town. Won't happen. I've said to myself, if Buddha, Jesus Christ or anybody else came back, they'd have to nuke him because they ain't going to change their policies with the farcical climate change and the carbon taxes that are all part of putting you into utter equal poverty across the world. Ain't going to happen. You still believe in politics? Sorry, your brain has been severely damaged. Severely damaged. Jefferson said when you see the same agenda carried on between changes in the House of Congress, then know you are under tyranny. Because, you see, a change in Congress would mean that if they didn't agree with what they'd done before, the previous bunch, they could rip everything up. Every treaty, everything that's sinking themselves, the U.S., they could rip it up, toss it in the fire, and say whatever they want, the carbon taxes, right? Doesn't happen. Has never happened. Has never happened. They carry on. Oh, well, we can't do that. You see, that was it. Oh, yeah, they can, but they won't. Because they're all handpicked by the same bunch. And all you've got is a wrestling match, folks, between this bunch and that bunch, a show for the public. But they never discuss the stuff I talk about on here. Never. Now, India, too, is coming, is coming out with one of the toughest and, and most advanced um, individual security programs. Uh, it's from, this article here is from Hyderabad, India, July 30th. Mahindra Satyam, the brand identity of Satyam Computer Services Limited, which is NYSE, N-Y-S-E-S-E. That's, that's like NASA. It's very simple. I love NYSE and NSAs and stuff. That means the head in the old languages, the head. A leading global consulting and IT service provider and morpho of the Safran Group, the world's leader in biometric technologies and identification solutions, announced today that Mahindra Satyam and Morpho-led consortium has been selected as one of the key partners to implement and deliver the ADHAR program by UIDAI, Unique, Unique Identification Authority of India. Everyone in India is to get one of these particular ID, personal IDs. Iris scan, all the stuff's in it, even more advanced than the West, supposedly. But it's all to help you with your education, your medical care that the U.S. is paying for, and your banking and financial services as well, that all the West is paying for through getting loans from the World Bank to give to them and guaranteeing the citizens back home will pay it off. This is your world's order, folks. You're in your world order. You're in the world order. Whether you like it or not, or know it or not, you're in it. And they truly have, you know, truly, truly have achieved their goal. Most folk don't even know it's happening, if you notice. And they're so damaged, actually, they don't want to know. And they can't understand what you're saying. They truly believe, as Brzezinski said, that the media is an extension of their reasoning. The media is an extension of their brain. If there's anything really for them to know, the media would be telling them they really believe that. They really do. This article here, 
statements from Yahoo, Bonn, Germany, carbon taxes, add-ons to international airfares, and a levy on cross-border money and movements are among ways being considered by a panel of the world's leading economists to raise a staggering $100 billion a year to fight climate change. <laughs> British economist Nicholas Stern who was all for depopulation and all the rest of it, told international climate negotiators Thursday that government regulation and public money will also be needed to create incentives for private investment in industries that emit fewer greenhouse gases. Greenhouse gases. They can, you know, we're living... You understand now how Zarathustra managed to do it. Do you understand now how it was pulled off thousands of years ago? Where people used to at one time light their own fires at night and cook and all the rest of it. And then along he came and says, oh, you can't do that. He says, you know, the sun's made of fire, and uh, it's a holy thing. It's a holy thing. Uh, you're stealing from the sun. That's why you get bad luck here and there. Uh, what we'll do is we'll light the torches, and um, you'll get a splinter off our torch. It's blessed, you see, and that way you're not cursed. So you end up paying the priests for, for the fire that you'd always used in the first place. This is the same con game going on here with terms used, which mean nothing at all except... Big con. Big con. Yeah. But why not? You see, they've always used our new religion for every era of the world, every phase, to control and dominate, you see. So this is good enough, isn't it? They say here, in short, a new industrial revolution is needed to move the world away from fossil fuels to low-carbon growth. Well, we are carbon-based creatures, you see. Best way to do that is to eliminate us, which they're doing, of course, with the, the big foundations and the big philanthropies, like Adam Weishaupt said they'd do. And there's so much on that. And by the way, Freddie Mac's back again. Freddie Mac's back. Uh, it says, says here, it needs $1.8 billion more from the taxpayers. Uh, the headquarters of Mortgage Lender, Freddie Mac, is seen in McLean, Virginia, near Washington, in the September 8th uh, photograph. Uh, Mortgage finance jet Freddie Mac on Monday said it would need another $1.8 billion in aid from taxpayers. Isn't that nice? When you get broke, you go to the taxpayers. When you've overspent, you know, and blown it all and give yourself massive pay raises. Bringing its total request, request since it was taken over by the government two years ago to more than $64 billion. <laughs> That's not a bad rip-off, eh? <laughs> That's a pretty good sting. $64 billion. The second largest U.S. residential mortgage funds provider reported a loss of $6 billion or 1.85 per diluted share in the second quarter, including a $1.3 billion dividend payment to the government. So then, so there they are, back cap in hand from the taxpayer, so they can give their billion-dollar bonuses out to their big boys. Not bad, isn't it, the top? You see, at the top, there's no such thing as law, you know, as you know it. There's no such thing as law as you understand it. There's only gentlemen's agreements of the right clubs, you know, that they belong to. You know, that's all there is. Now, everybody's going on about the philanthropies again. As again, Weishaupt said, we shall create philanthropies that will be big foundations and they will run the world and they'll guide the world. Here's an article from Wise Up. Forty billionaires hide behind charity foundations to fund the cause. It says, American news giant NSNBC reports below how corporate billionaires collaborate to use their money to change the world. See, they're steering the world, these big boys. And these big boys didn't make the money themselves. They were chosen, doors were opened, and they're pushed to the top. It was the same with the Rothschilds. They didn't walk into countries and just take over. No. There was big organizations protecting them every step of the way. Same with the Rockefellers. 
These billionaires that claimed or were helped up the social money ladder are funneling large percentages of their wealth into ideological causes, their two higher funded beliefs being that you need to reduce the population of the masses. Bill Gates' Planned Parenthood, Ted Turner's inundated media promotion of the idea, etc., and the belief that the public's diet should contain genetically altered plants and animals too because dumb, stupid, and die faster, and sterile, of course. And from NBC, it said 40 billionaires pledged to give away half of their wealth. Now, that's a big con to start with, you see. In addition to Buffett and Gates, America's two wealthiest individuals with a combined net worth of $90 billion, according to Forbes, and other billionaires have signed the Giving Pledge. They include New Yorker Mayor Michael Bloomberg, entertainment executive Barry Diller, Oracle co-founder Larry Ellison, energy tycoon T. Boone Pickens, media mogul Ted Turner, David Rockefeller, film director George Lucas, and investor Ronald, Ronald uh, Perelman. Buffett said he and Gates, the Microsoft co-founder and Gates' wife Melinda, made calls to fellow billionaires on the phone, uh, on the phony, on the Forbes 400 list of wealthiest Americans, in many cases people they'd never met. It was an absolute lie because you see they all belong to a particular club that's met many times, to try to persuade them to join the giving pledge. The 40 names that have pledged to date of combined net worth surpassing $230 billion, according to Forbes. Several of them have said they plan to give away much more than 50% of their wealth. Buffett has promised to donate more than 90% of his wealth. As his information on that purposefully leaked meeting was published by the Times newspaper in May 2009. Remember that one? The article was entitled Billionaire Club in Bid to Curb Overpopulation. It goes on to say it included David Rockefeller Jr., of course, the patriarch of America's wealthiest dynasty, Warren Buffett, George Soros, the financiers Michael Bloomberg, and uh, the media moguls Ted Turner and Oprah Winfrey. Amazing, eh? Back with more after these messages, folks. Hi, folks. I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. Just uh, reading this article from Wise Up. And it goes on to give you some of the history of the depopulation group with Thomas Malthus, who believe was the first one to openly come out on behalf of the British East India Company, which was owned by the elite of Britain, including royalty. And um, he used lots of, lots of graphs and charts, very impressive, and, uh, and he lied through his teeth about population numbers and how they'd be all walking over each other in about 50, 60, 100 years. He also used fake data because he came up with statistics of the population of Britain, and yet the first census of population in Britain wasn't done until a year after his book was published. So he'd go on well with the guys that came out with the climate model scales with all their lies as well. You see, you need all these lies to get a good agenda through when it's authorized from the top. You don't have to worry too much because the media will always back you up with your lies and then make the public forget it and carry on as usual. And they had lots of graphs, too, with the climate boys. Listen, all computer model graphs, you know, just like Malthus. You had to hand-draw his, though, nice squiggles, though, very impressive. And then, you know, as, as I say, we're, see, we're already going under this whole new austerity thing. Here's an article here, and it's from CNN.com. U.S. electricity blackouts are skyrocketing. They're cutting back in your power, but they've been doing it for years. 
And it goes on through New York, Staten Island was broiling, blah, 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 last eastern heat wave, so, 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 so. Then it goes back into the past and gives you the, the takedown when they first gave you the first blackouts and how it skyrocketed since then. It's all part of the agenda, you see. Canadians will be happy, too, that more is strong, uh, ended up saying, no, we're not going to fix the nuclear reactors in Canada. We'll let them go down, but we must get power to essential uh, constructions and businesses uh, only. The rest of the public will have to learn austerity. That was back in the, I think the late 80s, early 90s, he came out with that one. And mind you, too, Canada's also, uh, as well as helping uh, China's health, because you get healthy workers in China, so you've got to take care of their, work, their, their health, you get health care when you're working, when you're an industrial nation. Once you're not industrial, they take it all away from you and let go back to poverty. So it's time for the Chinese workers to have good health and all the rest of it. But Canada also is building the biggest dam in history. We're, as Canadians, are building that. We're, we're funding it. And we're also funding their, their can-do reactors that we gave them too as well. Isn't that nice? So that they can supply and get lots of jobs and health care and stuff and come up in the world as you all plummet. Because that's what's really happening, folks. This is stuff the media tends not to bother telling you too much about. And most folk don't care. TV still works. You know, your favorite programs are still on. Yep. And at the moment, you can still get your, 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 your GM carryouts and stuff your faces and turn into balloons. With all the poison food that's out there. Most folk are beyond it. A few know that, and they're keeping themselves as best as they can in mental and physical shape. Because the casualties in this war are horrendous. Horrendous. Look around you. And there's sitting ducks for all the rest of the stuff that's going to come down the pike. Absolute sitting ducks that you can't help. And that's the tragedy of it all. As I say, unless some miracle happened and uh, you had advanced technology to protect a bunch of real people from the bottom that don't belong to a political party who got into power without getting assassinated and tore up all these treaties, we don't have a snowflake's chance in hell. That's the truth, folks. This is uh, good night from Hamish, myself from Ontario, Canada. And may your God or your gods go with you.